Welcome to the American Conversation Podcast, a podcast about a comedian, a feminist, and two Republicans meeting in different bars every week to discuss what the hell is happening in America today. Each week we deliver gripping news and information with the understanding that as Americans, we can agree to disagree and laugh while doing it. Revelation, Leland, Rose, David, and Chris are not experts, although Rose thinks she is. Listen in every week, be that fly on the wall. Hey boys and girls, we are in a bar and today we have walked in and discovered an amazing find. Reginald, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, I would. Uh, My name is Assemblymember Reginald Byron Jones Sawyer Sr. It's my father's two best friends, Reginald Byron, I could have been Byron Reginald, uh, and Jones Sawyer to honor both my stepfather and my father. One brought me in this world, one raised me, and then I saddled my son with Sr. Oh, beautiful. And I represent South Los Angeles. 10 freeway to the north, all the way down to 92nd, east, west, or western, going east all the way to Alameda, the real South Los Angeles. (laughs) There you go. Where the most poor people are, the more immigrants, um, unfortunately more homeless people than any other district. Well, thank you for meeting with us. In the state. Wow. Thank you for meeting with us. Yeah, Yeah, it's great that you decided to join us. My pleasure. Okay, great. Were you born and raised there? No, I was born in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. My uncle was one of the Little Rock Nine, one of the nine kids that integrated Central High School in 1957. And when I was little, uh, my father, who was from Pittsburgh and back east, as he started to learn what real racism was in Little Rock, he went to his commanding officer and said, they're a little crazy down here, and he sent us away. Later on, when I went to, I went to USC, and I was uh, studying. Well, not really studying. I was having a really good time at USC. <laughs> Don't let I, your education get in the way of having a good time. Those I'm talking about <laughs> academic probation time my freshman year. Uh, fraternity, we had won the national championship. And in my family, when you go on academic probation, you flunk out, you do bad, you have to sit at the foot of my grandmother. And my grandmother was in the kitchen. If she had her ladle in her left hand, it means she wanted to talk to you. Ouch. She had it in her right hand, talking was over. Ooh. And the swinging started beginning. And she said, what is your problem? You go into the school. This family sacrificed everything so you could go to the school. My, my uncle was beaten. He was kicked. He was spit on. I could tell you some horrendous stories so that I could go to this college. She said they were trying to keep him out of high school. Central High School was the best high school in the country at that time. And she said, one day when you were a baby, I was born in 57, I'm 62 years old. You look good. And uh, I already my, came on to him. <laughs> You're too late. <laughs> my oh, grandmother Reggie, said, you, you have look, no, no You'll look a day over 61 in life. Thank oh. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother looked me in the eye and she had it in her left hand. And she said, uh, you don't have the right to do this. And I started telling her, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm, you know, I'm in a, in a fraternity. I know what I'm doing. She switched to her right hand, which means I need to shut up. Ow. And she looked at me and said, one day I got a call from the clan while I was cooking. And they told me, get your son out of school or your grandson will never make it to school. Wow. That grandson was you. You have absolutely no right to give up this education. But this family has sacrificed. Your uncle could have been killed so that you could have the best education possible with no one interfering. I was on the dean's list the next year and I've never looked back. 
Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So after you graduated, what did you do after college? Uh, I worked for the city of Los Angeles. Well, I was a mortician for 10 years, <gasps> and then I worked for the city of Los Angeles I forgot for about 25 that. years uh, and retired from the city of Los Angeles. Uh, I worked for Richard Reardon, a rich white Republican mayor. <laughs> Uh, was he one of the good ones? It was good, good. Yeah, we had a great one. time. He was one of the good ones. Uh, right. I could tell you some great stories about Dick Reardon. Oh, that man, you would I'd just love. It's just saying was, uh, it's better to uh, ask forgiveness than permission. And That's, that meant I got oh, a lot of trouble. I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> Is that where that came from? That's right. I think I've used that phrase many times. I had no idea where it came from. And, and awesome. He may have stolen it from somewhere else, but that's what he but preached. He, oh, throughout. good. I like it. And I... Like uh, it. Uh, and I Ended as director of real estate for the city of L.A. Uh, just so you know that bureaucrats, and I'm a recovering bureaucrat, I'm proud of it. Uh, bureaucrats can do well. There's a building downtown called Figaro Plaza. Can you we, explain what a bureaucrat is? A bureaucrat is someone that works in public service. Um, they use the word bureaucrat as a demeaning thing. I don't look at it as that. Um, I graduated if, in, in public policy school, public administration. I wanted to work in government. Oh, you I knew that make, while you were in college. While I was in college. I want to make things better. I wanted to help people. And so I wanted to be someone that knew how to work the process of government to make people's lives better in the community that, that I served. And I, I think I did a pretty good That's job. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if you see a neighborhood city hall, I built those. If you look at the, Parkinson, the new police headquarters, I bought the land underneath there. There's a building that I bought that we used the lawyers to pay down the debt so that taxpayers didn't have to pay a debt, a cent. Wow. So Great. there's some innovative things that you can do when you're allowed to, to do it that a lot of public don't see. So I'm proud. I am a proud bureaucrat. Beautiful. I love that. I do. Yeah, yeah. I love it Who too. Who was the best mayor you worked with in all those years? My, I have to say my mentor, Tom Bradley. Tom Bradley, wow. That's yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate to who've had some great mayors. And he served the longest of all of them? 20 years. Boy, that's that never going to happen again. That's never going to happen, probably not. He's, he was uh, like years. one of a kind, yeah. yeah. Tell uh, us about your um, advocacy for the cannabis laws. Yeah. So I, I started running for the assembly, uh, for the 59th assembly district, which I serve now. Uh, which in is? Two, South LA. Okay. Okay. And uh, again, 10 free to north, east, west, western, all the way to Alameda, all the way down to 92nd Street. Okay. Um, um, we have a lot of listeners from New York. Shout oh, out. There's a little white island in the middle that I went to called uh -huh. the University of Southern California oh. in the middle. If you need a, yeah. a place and a coliseum is in my district. So if they need a... Yeah, a now place I totally know what you're talking about. Everybody, yeah. knows, you everybody knows where the Coliseum, Coliseum is and where well, the Trojans play. Everybody knows where the Trojans play. Everybody knows where the Trojans play. It's a whole little island, isn't yes, it? Yes, so hopefully that helps them kind of gauge where where we're talking about. Okay, okay. I was yeah. trying to gauge because I have no idea. I just moved here 2012, so I got uh, it now. Uh, I got it now. All right, so continue. Cannabis. So I was running for office, and uh, I've been using different terms, so... I used to use, say, my baby's mama, but she got mad at that. So I was, the woman <laughs> who had my child, yes, um, her father um, had cancer. He's from New Orleans and uh, he had throat cancer. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about people from New Orleans, they like to eat. And he couldn't eat. And so he was miserable. And so one day he couldn't, he was, all of a sudden I noticed he was eating. 
And one day he said, you need to take them to the cannabis store. And I said, I'm running for office. I can't go into a weed shop. <laughs> no, it's, it's medical cannabis. It's legal. You can go and take them. So I took him there. Wait, and this is in Louisiana? No, in Los Angeles. Oh, in Los Angeles. Los okay. Angeles. And he's from Louisiana, so he wanted to eat. I mean, people uh-huh. from Louisiana fry butter and eat it. That's I love that. They, they, they love fried butter. <laughs> I love it. So my so, sister's there right now, actually. No, it's great food down there. So he he missed eating, but mm-hmm. the the cannabis and some of the, the CBDs that they gave him um, really helped him to be able to digest food and eat. And so he wanted me to take him to the store so he could get some more of his medicine. And I was scared to death because I'm running for office. It had not been legalized for adult use yet. We hadn't even written the laws for medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. You remember, it was kind of Wild War West. Everybody could get a license. Yeah. Right. Like that's everybody they... had a disease all of a sudden. <laughs> that's, yeah. when, that's when they had the bill. I don't know if you guys remember this. They had the billboards around town for the medical marijuana cards. And there were always some this like voluptuous, sexy looking woman in like a, you know, like a, a sexy nurse outfit come in and get your card, right? Is that right, Reggie? That is correct. I used to laugh my ass off. I said, man, I tell you, I don't know if that has any that was medical, sexist, by the way. I don't that know if that sexist. has any medical qualities, but man, I love the advertising. Oh, of it course was freaking hilarious. Of course you did. And you know, I, I actually understand about the, the pot and the medical need. My mom actually had cancer uh, before any kind of legalization of pot. And I finally convinced her to smoke weed to be able to eat because she was too nauseous and I was really wanted her to continue but her husband at the time worked for the city and this is in DC and he was afraid of getting found out and losing his job so therefore my mom retirement yeah my mom did not get to smoke weed to be able to eat food and was constantly nauseous so and I was worried about the same thing because I was still working for the city Mm -hmm. I was worried about my retirement and all of that did they do uh, drug testing Uh, yes they do they They do well for sanitation cops people who and and you firefighters um, not me Uh but you never know. You never right. know. Exactly. No, I, I had to get drug tested because I was an auto mechanic. And I mm. fucking hated yes, that. It made me to. so angry. Well, you're handling tools. And yeah, it's well. Very dangerous. Yeah. I have a funny story about medical marijuana. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Reginald, do you want to hear this story? So I, I, I right, finally go in, expecting to see a whole bunch of guys in dreadlocks and, and black lights. And it looked like a pharmacy. Matter of fact, it looked better than a pharmacy. Wow. And it was like, Hello. Yeah, they're clean and beautiful. And he said, come on. Um, we have this we want you to try. How did that work for you last time? Really polite. They were like like a regular pharmacist. They knew what he had given. They had some exotic names, you know, Kush this and Purple Haze, that on. But by and large, they knew what to prescribe for him. They were called bud tenders. It was like, oh my God, this is not bud what I thought wow. this would be. <laughs> and the, the look on his face when he got his medicine was so great. And the fact that you could eat, he, he passed away a little bit after that. But I, I guarantee you, his life was so much better. What so much better after so, that. So that's what changed your mind. That's what changed my mind. I love it. That's a great that's story. That's what made me want to get involved. So when I got to the assembly, they How told me. How long ago was that, though? 2012. Okay. 2011 is when the campaign, I got elected in 2012. And then 2013, 14, I got together with um, four other assembly people, um, we call us the founding fathers of cannabis in California, and we came together, a Republican. We had a former law enforcement, highway patrolman, somebody from Oakland, me from Los Angeles, 
um, somebody from uh, the, the, the place where they grow all the wheat, the Triangle. So I we was going to ask you about like that. Near Eureka, right up, yeah. right up there. So yeah. all five of us from different parts, white, Asian, black, we all came together and we got more votes on this when we wrote the laws for medical marijuana than anyone else could, and from Sacramento. And in the most eclectic group of people you could ever find. So one, we wanted to prove that we could get it done. Two, we knew we needed to write the laws. But the most important thing we wanted to do, we wanted to show that we were not like Washington, D.C., that we could come together across party lines, moderates, I'm a progressive. We could all come together and actually pass laws. Isn't that a novel thing? Well, that's such a especially thing. today, yeah. especially yeah. today. But you brought up the Emerald Triangle. Yeah. I was watching 60 Minutes. I was Did watching the it? other day too. So it's not working, right? They say that that company that's making marijuana up there is not making money because they're not allowing people to open up mama and papa shops, right? So there, there, there are a lot of things that are happening for me, and which is what I'm going to work on for the next year. Um, it's the illegal market. In Los Angeles, there's 1,700 illegal cannabis shops and about 300 legal. Wow. So how, how do you tell no, if it's legal or not if you're going to go buy pot from them? Because they have little signs out there that says that they're legal oh. <laughs> when you go in. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to make bigger signs so that hopefully the governor passes it that we get so that people will actually know. But the real problem is since they're not conforming since they're not testing since they're not paying their taxes their prices are a lot lower but as we're noticing as you know with the vape they're using illegal stuff in there with the cannabis that is not tested and people are dying exactly there's that a lot of sucks, stuff because i love in this the bad vape. in this in this illegal market that could ultimately harm people we haven't seen it yet but it could also i remember i smoked weed back in college and you, two, you, you guys are too young to know this. I don't but think so. But back then, it was a thing called skunk weed. Uh huh. That's because it had, you know, smelled. Skunk. But it had poopoo in it too. So it had no. a whole bunch of and pesticides. It was not. Now, well, now, now, now that you know what was in there, you probably paraquat being sprayed you on the weed, and it would fall apart away. on you. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the end a, of the week, you would have weed that was just like all crumbly and yucky, but you'd still smoke it. Because that's all you. That's, that's all, all you had. Yeah. And so. I'm going to work with um, law enforcement so that we actively get rid of the illegal market so that the legal market can finally grow and, and, and prosper. What you saw in 60 Minutes were a lot of illegal grows, so much so that they could undercut the legal market. And they're talking about, you saw them I talking about exporting. I just got back from Michigan. And uh, their problem is Denver and Michigan and other places, they don't have enough weed. They're trying to get more, but to export it out, it's, most of it's coming from the illegal. So we've got to we got to we got to stop the illegal. But from, I thought the problem was that each state can determine and each town can determine if somebody can open up a shop, and that's the problem because that's, everybody's that's saying that's the other problem. Not Local my control. town. We have that here, like in Los Angeles. Not here. Not in this area. Mm-hmm. So there are no pot stores. Because nobody wants them in their town. Yeah, local control is something we we agreed to. Okay. And I say the, the five founders, because we we believe that eventually they will come around. I'll give you an example. The next economic downturn, and we, there will be one. Oh, it will be, yeah. 
there will be cities that will be able to stay afloat. They're going to look across and they're going to say, how did you, how are you able to keep your cops on the street, firefighters, pick up your garbage and keep your streets clean. And it'll be the cannabis money that will keep them going during that time. And hopefully then the residents of them there who now may lose those valuable resources say, you know what? Their town didn't go to hell in a handbasket. Crime didn't go up. There aren't a whole bunch of zombie marijuana kids just walking around. (laughs) You you haven't been to my house. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers here. And we probably need to change course. Um, And and so we think that once people see the, the benefits of it, especially when it comes to the roads and schools and things of that nature, they'll come around to do that and start to legalize it. We just want to make sure that each city... Some cities may want retail. Some cities may just want to have growth. Some t- cities may just want to have be the testing city of California. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's that market is wide open. One city may just want to sell accessories to, to, to it. I mean, this is a new industry that will just once we are able to let it bloom, it could be um, very beneficial to California. We should be the capital of this, actually. We well, we're the be. ones growing the pot. Didn't that guy say we have the most marijuana packed up? Well, and we it's grow not everything for everybody in the whole entire but world. But they can. Yes, it's illegal to send it out. Exactly what he said. And so she's right. We he's have not the making best, money. We have the best soil, you know. And we know how to steal water. I mean, I have friends that want to invest, but after seeing the 60 Minutes thing, it's kind of scary because they're not making money. It, and it's expensive. You heard that guy from, um, was it Washington State? Yeah. Saying how he has to pay a tax for this, a tax for that, a tax, and he's not making any profit. Are, are you hoping to change that to make I'm, it I'm easier? I'm hoping that we're, we're, we allow more. They need more dispensaries so they can sell more of their product. And then the profits will go up. Taxes will come in. And everybody will be fine. But a depression so we, we, has to happen. Mm, uh, I, 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 I think a myriad of things will have to happen. Some more enlightened people in, in different communities, knowing that it's not as bad as they think. You know, uh, maybe some younger people get elected. You know, millennials. We all saw reefer madness, and some of us probably still have that in the back of our head. For you, for you, young that is people. That's an hysterical film. Mar- <laughs> Reefer it Manor really was is. a film that the, the young kids got high in the, what was it, the 40s? Or, I don't know when that film was. And they started running around like, uh, it was like watching. Uh, uh, like so they acid. Would, like like acid, were, yeah. yeah. No, they were taking salts. Did they eat each other in the movie? It, almost like Fear the uh, Walking I don't Dead. Remember the, a lot yeah, but it was It, it, it was, was crazy. It was yeah. hysterical. It's not at all. I mean, when you get high, you just sit down and you're like, well, fuck it. I ain't doing nothing. But right. I don't like getting high. These people were really like crazy. It. So and I think the medical stuff will help move people along because once you get seniors that are able to use it for arthritis and, and other ailments, and then they start to talk about the medicinal uses of it, uh, that, that will help get over that. Quite frankly, that's how we got to adult use. Once we legalized and came up with um, the regulations for medical marijuana, I think it made it easier for the rest of California to say, okay, let's, let's do this. It seems like that's where it started. So how is it taxed? I mean, or how is the revenue for the, to the municipality generated? So each municipality, so the state has a tax formula that they have, and each municipality gets to determine how they want to do it. So is it like a sin tax, kind of like they have, like on, you know, that you've heard that term, sin yes. tax, like on beer and cigarettes and everything else like that? Well, of course, I'm, I'm on government 
organization, GEO, is called the Sin Committee. The Sin Committee. gambling, alcohol, tobacco, that's what we do. I mean, is it like, you know, because you, you, I have heard, I don't know if this is true, but you hear that, you know, the, the six pack of beer that costs seven or eight bucks, like three or four of it is various levels of taxation. Is that is that true, number one? And then is it similar in uh, cannabis? No, it's not. That may be part of the problem. Um, and I met the uh, a U.S. senator from Colombia. So in Colombia, there's just one tax. It's one national tax for cannabis. So that that's how they dealt with it. And so theirs, it was able to grow and flourish. Here, the state and the local. When I say you could you could get taxed by the state, the county, and maybe even the city. So like that's sales the, tax. Sales tax. Yeah. It's, it's a straight sales tax. And so, and each one determines what that is. And that's why you heard big numbers, like we're being taxed 35, 40%. I must be buying so, illegally. I don't think I'm paying that kind of tax. Yeah, you're probably paying. Uh, so I got to look at the front of my store next time. So the way you do it is, uh, there's a, I'm not going to mention name because I don't want to advertise, but there's a, there's a place you can go on the internet. You can find out where all of them are. Uh-huh. And you go to that map. Uh-huh. And they... Can tell I know. you beep map. Yeah, uh-huh. and then you <laughs> they they, pro- they will tell you the legal ones. Uh huh. And if you want to do the experiment, then go across the street to the illegal one and see and what they, the price is. Buy the are. exact same thing and see the see difference. See what the prices and are. That, normally, that difference is. The I'm tax. assuming mine must be illegal because they only take cash. Ah, oh, that was your first clue. <laughs> uh-huh. yes. Wait, so but legal- that's okay. I'm happy with them. They you, they do me well. You, yeah, but you're, you just you're doing said- the way you normally do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the other places do take credit cards, the legal places. Le- oh yes. Oh, it's a check credit card because it's legal. Can you call the cops to arrest her right now? Go ahead. Do you have so connections? We don't arrest people. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. And when we close down, so the greatest way we can close down the illegal ones is not to arrest people and recriminalize them. Um, there's a movement afoot to charge the landlords a penalty for renting to illegal cannabis shops to the tune of ten to $20,000 a day. We just need to prosecute, what about, I can ask my Republican friend, what about five or 10 of them? The rest of them get the message get the after message, that. Yeah. Oh, but this story is so <laughs> nice. Hey, nothing like, uh, nothing like you don't uh, put law in enforcement to uh, change behavior. And now I have the realtors and real estate people working with me Mm-hmm. to enforce this law. So the illegal places, are those like your average street dealer? Just kind of no, go, tries to go half, he tries to go like half legit. That's what I mean. He, he like, he just rents a place and then instead of... It's all over the map. So he, and they just, and the cops, there's so many of them, the cops just can't get to him? Or it's well, just there's, not... There's a pro, each, each commi- community has a process mm. that they go through. Um, what I gave you is a really simplified, what I think is a, the easiest way to do it. Some... Some do a whole task force where they bring in, um, like for LA, they might bring in Department of Water and Power, um, the Fire Department, Police Department, Building and Safety. You know, you know, City of LA does. We we bring an army of people. Right. You know, right. to screw in Ten the light bulb. Yeah, yeah. We when all you really need to do is maybe just shut off the water <laughs> and the electricity, which we, then we find out you can't cut off the water because it's a safety, public safety. You know. It, we're going back and forth. That's why I've been advocating going after the landlords. Because, yes, you can still keep the water on, but that landlord, 
after about three days and he's in the hole for 60 grand and he, he will get inching up to where they lose their property, they're going to show up and they're going to make sure they're going to say, hey, it was nice having you here. But they would never be that nice. Landlords suck. Yeah, yeah. big time. They, so that's how you enforce it? You take their land away if they don't pay? Once you have, you got to pay the bill. Or unless they want to pay a $100,000 bill a week. Yeah. And I don't think any, no one So it'd be cheaper for them just to pay the taxes. It'd be, but no, it'd be cheaper it, for them to kick that person out. <laughs> isn't it like impossible though to get the legal rights to sell weed? Isn't it incredibly difficult? It is, it is a process and it should be. We shouldn't just hand them out like popcorn. Is it no, like a, it's like shouldn't. a liquor license? It's like a liquor license. But it seems to me, though, that the richer you are, the more able you are to do it legally. Exactly. So I'm, I'm funny you should mention that. I was talking to my staff today, and I am going to go through the process of trying to get a license. And we're going to sit in my office with my staff so people know I'm not, I'm not trying to profit from this, but I'm going to test the system. I'm nice. going to apply Let's for a state Let's license. Let's open a store. And I'm, I'm not going to open a store, but I'm going to see what <laughs> it takes to get it and how much paperwork. As a, as a sitting assembly member, do I need my entire staff, lawyers, and all? Uh, what do I really need to make this happen? Uh, my opinion, you should be able to go on, on the website, apply, and get your license. It right. should, we should not have to hire somebody to you pay somebody thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to give you a license. That sh- we should not create another cottage industry. Is that what that expediters. is? Is it thirty or forty thousand dollars? I've heard of some license? crazy numbers of ex- people who call themselves expediters who say they can guarantee you that they'll get you a license. It, it, there is no difference whether you go on the internet and do it yourself. Um, they can give you a little advice, but by and large, the average person should be able to do it online. Would so you, I'm, I'm going to test that. Would you come back and step by step tell us how it? Oh, I'd love that. Okay, yes. that'd be great. So you can teach people what and to the, do. The other reason happened. I want to do it, I, I plan to bring everybody back into my um, into my in my office and building and have another um, try to have another uh, kind of seminar on how to go through it. The last time we tried that. We're trying to bring as many people want to get licenses. Uh, we we planned for 200, two over 2,000 people showed up. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't go through line by line, step by step. I think they thought I had licenses in my back pocket. I was giving it out, and so <laughs> that's the what line I was around for 30 grand. For 30 grand, come on, Reggie, what's going on over there? <laughs> so we're going to try to get free lessons on how, with the Lori Ajax and. Um, and in, in the local area, people to have them come in and walk them through the process of the application. That's how simple it really should be. Oh, so I'm so happy you're gonna come and tell us step by step yes. what happened. Okay, I was gonna do that with a gun, but my ex-husband was like, no, 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 you're not gonna get a gun. I wanted to see how easy it would have been to get a gun. Just like, a, and, but I didn't go through with it. I or hard, or how hard it is to get it's a gun. It's not hard. I think it's we not could hard walk at all. into a Walmart well, we, and walk oh, out. That's it a depends. whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> it, it depends on what you're at. You want to conceal carry versus Reggie, just, uh, get it. talk to me about um, the vape. Do you, uh, wh- how are you feeling about that right now? Are you thinking that this should be illegal and taken off the streets? So we, sh- we should stop. We should stop selling it until we know why people are dying. So we the just, marijuana, the cigarettes, the flavored, all of any, them. Any of that. It's all and vape products are causing it right now. Is that I, 
We, I've we seen don't. a lot of it in no, the news. No, they have ingredients that it's shouldn't be there. Marijuana vaping, tobacco vaping, all those types of products are causing the but problems and the deaths. It, isn't it well, that they're scary. putting this stuff in it, the, the embalming fluid, which you would know the name of? <laughs> formaldehyde. <laughs> formaldehyde. Yes. Isn't it formaldehyde that's keeping it liquid and that's what's so the issue? So we don't know. That's why we need to slow down and stop and do research. You know, when, when, um, when the federal conservatives said that we sh the CDC shouldn't test the effects of marijuana and do a whole lot so we can see how when people drive, the effects on your body. We need to do that research. And I think vape may open it. This vape crisis may open that door. Look, I, I'm, I'm someone, and, you, and obviously I, I can say this because you'll, you'll find it out anyway. I'm the first elected official to ever smoke cannabis in public on stage with a vape pipe with Melissa Etheridge. No, I love you. And so, <laughs> and I did it just to show that it's harmless and everything. But now finding out about this vape, I'm, I'm really, I really want us to, to hold back from people using vapes until we find out. Because once people die, then it's not. Then we need to do the research. Well, that makes sense. We've, we in California, and, and I've worked to put money in so that um, a couple of our universities, San Diego State and, and the University of North, they're looking at the effects, and the Highway Patrol are looking at the effects of driving while you're under the influence of cannabis. Uh, the problem is that we can't use, this, this is another weird bureaucratic thing, we can't use the cannabis here. We have to get the cannabis from Tennessee to be able to test it. <laughs> and we know our cannabis much better oh, than Tennessee. Easily, much yeah. stronger, much all of that. I, so. Which I actually don't appreciate. I don't <laughs> like that weed has gotten so strong as I've gotten older. I would rather sit down, roll a blunt, smoke it, and enjoy it. But now it's one hit and you're really messed up. Right. And people my age that now that it's legal have started smoking again tell me it is unbelievably strong. Wow. They, they they said they can't. They'll do like you're one that. or two puffs, right? And then you're, and that's you're it. out. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So I don't know if that's a good thing. You, no, I older think people know when. But I know older people know when to stop. <laughs> but we gotta worry about younger people who may yeah. not know exactly. when to stop. Right. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's a good thing to know because man, you can get really <laughs> well, messed up. I, I have very children, fast. and I have told them that this stuff is really strong nowadays, and it's not like how you see it in the movies. You don't sit down and roll a joint and share it among your friends. It's one hit and stop. Yes, it's one yeah. hit and lights out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up with marijuana. I, did, I grew up with, not my, myself, but with alcohol and heroin. Those were the two, yeah. Well, I'm proud yeah. of you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't use it, <laughs> but in the family and, and, yeah, nobody smoked marijuana. Everybody Puerto was, Ricans don't smoke marijuana, heroin, at least not in the 60s and 70s. I mean, I, I, I grew up my, in a pot house. My, did my mom liked merry men who were, uh, <laughs> were potheads. Yeah, so they would come in with their big, thick mustache and their Aye. rolling joint and smoking pipes. Hey. So the pot owner, the legals. What's the typical profile of a, a shop owner? Is it a corporate thing now, or is it really just kind so of like a neighborhood, individual, you know, a, a, you know, small family business kind of thing? So the number one thing that I think they all have in common is they have access to capital, their own money, access. So because right now it's still legal to go to a bank and get financing. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. And uh, and so. Uh, You'll, you'll find some maybe a, a, a tech person mm -hmm. that can pull out a million, two million dollars and start a cannabis business. Or people who just have 
cash or family cash that can do it. But you have to be able uh, to use your own cash for quite a bit of time. But then you're yes, stuck yes. with that's, that cash. But that's all sexy. You could be a businessman that want to go. I've, I got lawyers that want to do this. I, I mean, it's, when I say it's all over the map, it's all over the map. So you don't go to the SBA and get funding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, well, hopefully soon. We're up, well, to, you're, you're we're up even... to 29 states right now. Once we get to like 38. They can petition Congress to make it legal. Oh, so you, 29 states now. Because you had a bill, the AB 37? No. The one that, that, that it, it, it gives the cannabis operator, uh, you know, the, the business expense yes. uh, deductions the, the deduction. and stuff. For, yes. Uh, so right so now, they can't do that. Like, right now, but come January 1, they will be able, just like a regular business, is able to write off their, their, bis, their business expenses. And, uh, expenses, write, depreciation, whatever. All of that. Uh, whatever. They couldn't with, um, they still can't with the federal, but they can now with the state. They oh, can write okay. that off with that. And so hopefully that helps with with them being able to survive um, during, this, during this rough period. So the governor signed that or is going did, to sign he it? Did he did sign it. it. Okay. Wow. Really? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Good job. So, That's great. And, and as I told my Bergenstock tie-dye wearing t-shirt people when they wanted this <laughs> six, Prop 64 to get passed, one day, you'll be in my office talking about you're paying too much taxes and you want some tax breaks, and you'll be sounding like my Republican friends. <laughs> you won't be wearing those shoes anymore. And we're button down pink shirts and wingtips and wingtips. Talking about $800 suits. <laughs> Oh, man, that is something. So what do you think of what's going on right now with um, the impeachment? Oh, here we go. We yeah. got <laughs> it's a process. It's a process. <laughs> it's a long process. Are you process. happy what um, Nancy Pelosi's doing? Well, I wanted impeachment a year ago, so I, I was... Did you I want was, impeachment in 2016? I did. Right away. No, <laughs> Before not right away. I wanted to do uh, it. I, I knew he was... I, I thought he would learn. Mm-hmm. I thought he would understand there are things you can't say. Mm-hmm. The things you say to get elected. I'll tell you a secret. There are people who are very good at getting elected, but they're the worst legislators or the worst executives there, um, executive managers in the world. Then there are people who probably be great legislators, but they can't get elected worth a darn. And it is a two-phase process. Isn't but, that Hillary Clinton? That would be Hillary. Yes, exactly. That would be. And then there are people that... She can't that, get elected and she can't but, legislate? Okay. Oh, no. Oh, I'm quite yeah. sure that's her specialty. Uh, no, yes, no, I'm no. sure of it. She was a great And then there are people like Obama, Clinton, Reagan that just had it both, that could legislate, could do all of that. And so those are rare. You know what I mean? You don't, those don't come every day. And so it, it, it's just hard um, um, to to see what will happen. So now we have someone in the, um, in the Oval Office that, that I think 10 years ago, we would not have put up with the, even half of this. I mean, yeah. Dean the, the and my Deaniac friends, what did Dean do? He went, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't some, that ridiculous? Somebody was, was on like... some boat with some woman and he's, Gone. Gone. <laughs> it's just, you know, we were one and done, one and done. It is sad, though, how he is getting away with so much and teaching our children that it is okay to be a bully and to put down other people and get away with it. I just, I don't want my kids to look at the president and go, oh, I want to grow up and be just like him. 
See, this was the problem. Why? That could be good. New Yorkers. Uh, it could be successful. And you no. guys knew. New Yorkers knew. New, I, I knew. No. You knew. I knew exactly. And I'm I was I'm still in shock that he won. That's why I suffer from tell him. <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> I suffer from that. I yeah. suffer from that. Did, yes. And I, I told him at a at an earlier podcast, my father so, had a friend who was in a small construction company, got screwed. He didn't pay him. He said, sue me. And that's what he was known for. And this was in the seventies. We also knew about him not um, selling to I'm Latina, so to Latinos and African Americans who had money. He wouldn't sell them apartments. So we knew this guy was an asshole in New York. We didn't think for, nah, that he won't get elected, he won't get elected. He gets elected because everybody, maybe he'll change, maybe he'll get better. Because nobody knew what a crook, what a gangster, what a con man, what a lowlife this man is. I mean, He's everything that we despise in criminals, in one. He's he's everything you despise. No, no, I'm I'm serious. I'm serious. This guy's a bad hombre. He's like you like to say. But he's our bad hombre. I know he is your not my yeah. He's your bad hombre, but he, we'll get rid of him. And I mean, this is. So do you think he could win, Reggie? So you I think just got can... back from Michigan, and I told you I'm an SC alum, so I had to go see Michigan kick Notre Dame's butt. <laughs> oh, that must in be the rain. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But while I, and I, I visited the Ford GM plant, the Ford plant and the GM plant after they signed the contract. <laughs> and uh, when I was on the Ford plant, you could see T-shirts like um, cop killers should be executed immediately. There were Trumpers next to Obama people. Um, but I could but I could see that they're to your point they're to my Republican friend's point. There are people that believe in what he's saying. And we can't discount that. If we're going to win, we need to we need to understand that. Absolutely. And we need to say things that will alienate them. Example, uh, you don't look, we all know coal is gonna go away. We also know eventually, like my son wanted to be a petroleum engineer, and I he's 17. I go, dude, when you're 62 like me. You'll, people will be laughing at you because you, yeah. you were a petroleum there. So it, there won't be any, you won't be, I don't know what you'll be riding around in, but it won't be gas. Exactly. So let's, let's so he's changing. Um, but you don't, you start with coal will slowly morph into something else. Let's get together and figure out how I can get you paid more, get you trained so you can get paid more. And we can then eventually move you into this new market. You just don't go, we're getting rid of coal. You're going to lose your job. Vote for me. That was Hillary, by the way. That sounds like Trump. Just so we all know who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah, just yeah. can't. You know what I mean. Yes, you just yes can't, no. yes, you yes, can't yes. say yes, that. Yes, yeah. You she can't, did say that. You can't, you can't do okay. that. Can I ask a question? We're know, talking about what Trump says. How about what he's doing? I mean, the stylistic part of it aside, some of the things that are actually happening in the economy, for example, that are positive. No credit, no credit for that? I, I don't think he's doing anything. Really? Lower unemployment, higher That's not wages. Him. Oh, he, it's not him? No. Okay, so I just want to- He's doing all of that. I mean, it's happening, even, it's he, happening. And he may even be doing more. It's happening. But because of what he says, it's getting muddled and is alienating independence and, and excuse me, ladies, the white women that voted for him that got him in. 
That and white men, me. too. I'm Puerto Rican. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was her. No. I did not. But every once it, in a while, she gets a little crazy with the white privilege, even, even though she's uh, uh, Puerto Rican. She tries to get some white privilege. No, in I don't. Uh, yes. No, I'm, you, you I'm a down low. Yes, you do. No, I don't. And by the way, he looks like my mother's brother, so I don't mm. get any white huh? privilege. Huh? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, um, so do you think, they can, you, th you think any one of these candidates can beat him? The right one. No, you're, you're of, of the ones. Of yeah, the ones one that are out there. Can. Elizabeth Warren. Yay, I, Elizabeth. I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm waiting for the next debate. I know that sounds okay. a little chicken, no, but no, I am no. waiting for the next oh, debate. Oh, that's, that's, no, that's legit. I mean, that's serious. I, because I can't that, believe Biden's down to third now. Well, the Bootnich is, is, I mean, people are moving young. up and down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What is that, Whack-A-Mo? Whack exactly, Whack-A-Mo. Um, it's, it's, it's a fluid situation. Elizabeth Warren so said it was she's with Trump, too, if you remember. Yeah, well, once he came in, though, once he got on top in the polls, he pretty much stayed there. He never really dipped down too much. The other guys stayed kept 26 or whatever. But the other guys was. kept inching up to him. Yeah, so yeah. he, you know, kind of like Biden is doing, right? Biden's kind of hovering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you he's could argue that uh, uh, Biden's not out of it. Oh, no, no, no. No, no he's not out of I it. Mean, Trump People will crush treat him, him differently. If he gets in there, but he's. Doing I think good there's now. something. Biden, I mean, I like him, but I think he's slowing down. I saw an interview with him. With his wife? Na yes, with Nancy O'Donnell, I think it was. Yeah. And he was real mellow, which, which is not like him. He's usually a little bit more animated, happy, up. He just seemed tired. I don't know. There's I, just I, something so sad about him. Yeah. I mean, I guess because of his son, but it just seems like... I, I, I don't see it, but where I see Elizabeth Warren with a lot of energy, I can't wait to hear how she's going to pay for the health care. <laughs> no, she said she was going to say the <laughs> you next and debate. Else. No, the next debate. She's going to talk about it. That's oh, what she I said. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, oh, no, right, she's... Yes. I think it's only I'll the rich my, people. I'll that, keep my that, uh, hands Yeah, the on companies my and all that. that. But anyway, we'll see. That's who my pick is. Yeah, and as a candidate, it, it really is a gauntlet. It's who can survive. And that's how we, that's how we pick our presidents. You, you go through each side gauntlet, and if you survive that, then you go through the presidential gauntlet, and uh, everybody digs into your background, brings up the most embarrassing things ever. Which did that, not make did a difference Did any of that happen to you Trump. when you were running? Exactly. No, I've been lucky so far, but I don't expect to. If I ran for mayor, I expect everything. Every, yeah, everything I, would come yeah. out. Yeah. But I'm hoping that the, the weed stuff, you know, I'm a cannabis king, so I hope that that works out for me. Yeah. Oh, in this day and age, it will. I think so, in this day and age. Yeah. It's, but when I wanted to do it, my staff was scared to death. Mm, so it really? also shows you how That's a, things can change. Exactly. Yeah. Or not. What you think is really bad now may not be so bad. Later but the on. double standard today that um, Congresswoman Katie Hill resigned. I wanted her to stick it out. So what if they saw a naked picture of her? Who cares? And it's a double standard because that Sanford guy, what she mentioned, right. goes to Argentina, has an affair with that woman. Remember, he said he was right. taking a walk. Do you remember that? No, I did not remember. He was yeah. uh, hiking the Appalachian That's Trail. It, hi That's right. Hiking in the Appalachian. He was, he was hiking. He was hiking. Meanwhile, right. he's down in uh, a Chile or down in Argentina, banging exactly. some freaking dancer. I love it. <laughs> and he gets away with it. He's back. But so this woman quit just because of a nude picture got out it, of her. Revenge porn. Her ex-husband, I think, she's going through a bad divorce. She should just own it and go, yeah, exactly. that's me. I look hot. But, but she's you also all. owning. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's a lot. You don't know what goes on. Like I dropped out of a. I ran for city council in 2002. I dropped out because my son needed me. He, he was doing really badly in school and people said, we'll get him counselors and all of that. 
but he needed his father. Mm. Uh, he's in, in, and so when I dropped out, then he then graduated from Morehouse. Obama spoke at his at his graduation. He graduated with a degree in biology and math. So I knew that was the best thing for me. But I will tell you, when I said I was dropping out, so they got pictures on you. What did they find out? Why did they, What did they offer you? It was like, no, no, no. I did this for personal reasons. So for all we know, it could be some personal reasons too. Oh, your, okay. your your family, you know, I mean, she's. Was she bisexual? She was a little that bit. That would be I think fine. She, I think she was a little bit of everything. Yeah. And they, come, they, they came up with a word that I didn't even know was a word. What? what? Thropal. Thropal. <laughs> she was oh, just, the, it was you a know what we used to call that? That's was a threesome. A That's, threesome. We used to call yeah. that swinging. Swinging. Right. <laughs> Apparently and now so it's called thropal. You have to, you have, as an elected official, if you've done that, then you, then you own it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'd be That's like, hell yeah, Bush. I got a three. I'd have Bush. I'd be like, Trump, because no matter what Trump says, he owns exactly. it. Exactly. He owns it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> may, may I say something? Yes. I agree with you. I think, I mean, she probably had her own personal reasons for right. dropping out, but the reasons that, like, uh, she, the controversy, yeah, I don't think she should have dropped out. She could have She could have bullied her or, or forced her way through that. Like the men do. Yeah, like the men do. Like yeah. the men oh, do. Absolutely. And women, absolutely. yeah, I, yeah. I think she should have owned there's, there's it and something. said, hey, shit happens, I'm going to move on and do my job. That's it. I but, think there's something else that's happening with her that just makes it, you know what, it's it better it for easier. her. Right. When it becomes family, then yeah. it's... Yeah. yeah. And how is it that men never have that with the exception of Reginald? I, how is it that I men don't have that? I that you did that for your son. It's, I yeah. think awesome. it's fabulous. Yeah. And when people say... So what is the greatest thing you've ever done as an elected official? I said, not as an elected official, it's dropping out of the race to not be an elected official is the greatest thing I've ever done. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah. Most men wouldn't do that, in my opinion, but things are changing. Things are changing. Change. Things, things are changing. Men are more yeah, yeah. Um, participating. Well, look, things are changing, except changed. Rose's opinion of men is not. <laughs> oh, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> Rose likes men. I like men a lot. I just like men who think like I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how's that go? How's that working uh, for you? Uh, oh, is that funny? Yes. It's great, right? Heard no, that I like That's because why. I'm very extreme. So it's hard for me to meet in the middle. So there's specific behavior behaviors that I won't tolerate, and I just won't tolerate them. And I want a man who agrees with me. That's hey, why she's you brainless. Oh, maybe you could hook up with this uh, Katie Hall, Katie Hill. What's her name? No. No? Okay. <laughs> she doesn't like checks. <laughs> no. But uh, you know what I mean. It's like Latinas are strong, and we like a man that is strong with us. Yes. I, I don't want a man to be bitter and angry because he feels like I'm taking something away from him. I want him to be next to me and stand by me, and we agree on the same things. I could not date a Republican. We would be fighting all the time. I understand. And I own yeah. that. I yeah. own it. Yeah. Which yeah. is exactly what I do. I know that's we why fight you're always constantly fighting constantly because wow. of him being a Republican, and which I had no idea when I married him. It was false advertising. He <laughs> left that part out. He was like, "No, I'm a vegetarian. I'm this. I'm that." Ugh. Twenty-two it, years later, we're really at each other's throats. Uh, and some of it is how you grow up, like. Um, well, I actually grew my, up in Washington D.C. Okay, and, and I grew up in Connecticut. And oh, in D.C., the uh, Republicans and Democrats are friends. I know yes. it looks like once you become a big politician, uh, everyone hates each other. But that's not true. At the parties, you talked about politics. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a taboo subject. 
And I, it's just so bizarre how you move out here and, oh, oh, no, 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 don't talk about that. That's not okay. Don't bring up politics. Unless you agree yeah. with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in I mean, your grader, I used to date Puerto Rican women. Oh, you did? And then I moved I out here. I accept the date. Thank and you. Mar- and now <laughs> my girlfriend's name from Maria. And so I, I, I now know where that came from. Just, just being comfortable around Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican food. And uh, if I stayed in Connecticut, I think I would have been married. Well, you look Puerto Rican. You, uh, you look like you could be my uncle. Okay. Not literally, but you right. look like my mom. And you may know someone that was that you really do admire that was kind of on a Republican side when you were younger. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. She, I tried. Tried. she would disown <laughs> it, it was complete false advertising. He, he completely left that part out. In fact, when I did find out he was not allowed to vote for the first few years of marriage, Ooh. I remember laying in the hospital bed, having birthing my son uh, 19 years ago, and the whole recounting of Florida was going on. And I turned to him and I said, don't you ever fucking vote again? <laughs> I was furious. And he stopped for a while, but then he went right ahead and voted for Trumpy Rumpy. And it's been hell ever since. We have been fighting like cats and dogs. See, to me, politics is personal. And, and if you don't believe in universal health care, I take it personally. It, it, it's just it is what it is and I, he's the only republican i really like though i do have republican friends back east but they're very that's high different. praise by the way right? <laughs> yeah. no it is i but you're a good guy i mean well, some republican guys are aggressive and angry and they you know want to put me in my place i'm not aggressive i don't not really all. know two republicans i'm just know. right yeah i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we all digress here well, um, i tell people all the time when i'm listening to constituents or people that come in with opposing views, I tell them, let's just do an out-of-body experience. And I went through this thing, it was like EST, it's called a forum, where you you feel like, you look at yourself, like take your body, your out-of-body experience, you look at yourself and really examine what you're saying and then listen to other people. And so I always tell people, sometimes just take a deep breath and really listen to the opposing side and then just because right now I'm looking at you and I can see the wall, but I don't know what's going on in back of me. So your view is different. And so if you if you let yourself listen, then I think we can come to more compromise because that's my whole business is how do you come up with maybe a law that everybody hates, but it's the best thing since sliced bread and then move on. And so I always suggest to people when I go on these shows and panels that, that we, we try to really try to understand how they view things. And once you do that, you can probably break through the ice a lot better. Well, you Words have a great by. imagination. Words to live by. Do you have any last questions for us, or do you want to say something? So I, I, I did want to talk about something that um, next year that I'm really, um, this is kind of my, like my legacy thing. This is one of those when I'm 92 years old and I'm sitting in my rocking chair, if this is successful, um, I will really feel good. So as you probably may or may not know, the governor of the great state of California, Gavin Newsom, has decided to take the juvenile justice system out of corrections and put it into public health. Because we're looking at the people we, the young people we incarcerated, I've met a lot of them, and I've met a lot of them that are now adults, and you find out that they've been raped, they've seen domestic violence, they come from broken homes, fathers in jail, a myriad of things. 
And then when they go out and rape someone, we just think they just grow up that way. Then you find out they're raped by males are being raped by their dads at 7, 10, and 13. And then they go rape somebody. We're wondering, what's wrong with this 14-year-old? There's nothing wrong with that 14-year-old. Just it's what they life. were taught. But when Sandy Hook happened, there was an army of psychiatrists, social workers, and counselors that came down to center on the community. In my community, South LA, where the second most people are paroled into my district, there's nobody there helping those young kids. And so in LA County, where we live, they want to do the same thing, take it out of the probation department and put it into some public health. And the, the um, chief probation officer, her name's Terry um, McDonald, she's retiring. So now they're going to have a new head and they may split it up to probation adult and probation. So there's a whole new system. I want to go in and create the best juvenile justice system we could ever create. You know we spend $300,000 per kid in state juvenile justice. I could send them to SC. I could, they could eat steak every day, buy them a Mercedes, and in four years they graduate. We wouldn't have to pay $80,000 a year to keep them incarcerated. We need to do a better job. We need to do it a different way. But we also need to make sure law enforcement is involved because, you know, some of these young kids could be playing linebacker for the Rams and they're only 15. So, and you have petite probation officers, they're trying to, women, they're trying to hold them down. So we need to come up with some deterrence, not put them in solitary confinement, not tasering them. We need to come up with some humane ways to teach them accountability, because that's the whole thing. And if we change this, and my committee is the select committee to end the school to prison pipeline. And if we can do that, we can close that school to prison pipeline. And in 10 years, Hopefully, I can look up and we can come back again in 10 years. We talk about how the prison population has been cut in half. That Wouldn't would that be, be great? That would, that would be And it's closing. We cut it in half and we're closing it because of the programs we, we're going to start now. We're developing it right now in 2020. Re Reginald, that sounds amazing. And the reason I'm interrupting you is I was a social worker at Rikers Island in the adolescent population. And you are so right. This would completely help the system and the boys. And I mean, a couple of boys mm, murdered, showed no you know, emotion. I didn't, I only had them for a year. And I think it's amazing. I've never heard of this. This is fantastic. And the governor signed my bill, AB 413. And you know the term at risk come January 1. It will be taken out of the education code. It will be taken out of the penal code. And we're going to replace it with at promise. Because these kids are the promise of the future. We should not dwell on the, what they did in the past. Now, for high risk, at risk youth, that stays there. Yes. I'm not crazy. That stays there. <laughs> exactly. And we will make sure that we have law enforcement there to make sure people are safe. Yes. But for the majority of them. We're going to call them at promise and we'll have our promise centers and we'll talk about them being doctors, lawyers, electricians, mechanics. We talk about what they can be, not what they used to be. Exactly. Beautiful. That, that's I, I'm well, good luck amazed because that. that, yeah, yeah good luck you. with that uh, and keep us abreast to it because I, I, it was depressing for me to seeing these kids and they were basically being housed. That's all they were being was housed and beaten by each other and raped by each other. There was this one kid, you, it just triggered me you saying that because they, his, 
all his teeth were broken mm. and they were just using him sexually and we had to remove him and he was young and he was 14. And how do I protect him? And I mean, I go, I go home at nine. I mean, five o'clock when work is done. There was little I could do. It was horrible. And there were children. There were kids. Yes. Yeah. And then Latino and African-American, it was horrible. Yeah. It was really bad. And we're training them to be gladiators exactly. to go on to the prison. Exactly. Yeah. And then we wonder why we have more people incarcerated in California than undeveloped countries and dictatorships. Wow. Well, it's a money-making scheme, too. Huge money-making scheme. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you, and I hope you come back to tell us about, I'm so curious, the steps that you're taking yes. to inform our listeners. Mm-hmm. Not the Republicans, well, only the Democrats. Well, thanks for joining us. It was great Republicans being Republicans liked us, too. It was great. <laughs> hey, hey, look at we had along all right. You Reggie did. You yeah, did. You you David did you well. Take, take David did well. We you got to take him. a few things from Reggie's playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie's up, nice. I'm not nice. I think you, Reggie, I think you had a big impression on her. I think she's going to soften up a little bit. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> but it was but great to see you. Yes, thank it was you so yeah, much. Great to meet you. Thank you for inviting me. And come back anytime. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. Join us every week for an entertaining and informational time. And if you want to suggest a topic for our show or just want to know more about us, go to our website, www.anamericanconversationpodcast.com and comment away. We will try to respond as soon as possible. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and subscribe to our podcast. 